Making wrong decisions will ruin your life. I was died in 2009. My name is Asia Armour. I went to a private high school as a varsity cheerleading. But when I was 18, I was overdosed on ecstasy. I was in a coma for two months, had complete organ and respiratory failure, and I couldn't walk, talk, and do simple things like put on chapstick. I was in a wheelchair for five months. I was in a cane for three and a walker for two. I'm two years into my rehab and I'm still going through rehab. I can't dance, I can't run, and I can't, my speech is slow. People always talk about how great drugs make you feel, but no one ever talks about how serious the consequences are of taking drugs. I thought I was invincible, that nothing would ever happen to me, but it did. My entire life has changed because of the choice I made to swallow a tablet of ecstasy. No matter what, it's not worth it. I was having fun with my friends one night and that one night changed my entire life and I'm young. It happened when I was 18 and I have to live with the choices I made for the rest of my life. I have problems speaking. I have a difficult time getting a job because of my speech. I lose balance, I run into walls. My arm can't bend all the way. It's really not worth it in the long run. So just don't do it no matter how cool someone says it is because in reality it's not. The desire to use drugs for many begins in junior high and high school, mostly because many have that curiosity that's pushed by peers who have stated how wonderful it's going to make you feel. I had a curiosity that was so much more powerful than the concern that something bad would happen to me. My guest today was seen on my very good friend Jody Barber's documentary, Overtaken, her story, which I believe has helped many people, identifies very severe long-term and even permanent consequences of just trying something once. You know, the sad part is many of our youth believe it won't happen to you. And I can tell you that a large group of those who are invincible have died or experienced consequences that my guest today is going to tell us about. I am with Asia. And we will be right back. And you do not want to miss this. I'll see you in a second.
My name is Eric McCoy, and this is High Wall Clean. Hey, please subscribe to our show and help support our goal as we help to fight the stigma of substance abuse and give a voice to those that we've lost. You know, being someone myself who has spent a lot of years abusing substances, and when I say substances, there's really not much I haven't at least tried once. You know, meth was the drug that nearly killed me and landed me in a lot of trouble. But hallucinogens were also very prominent within those years of drug use. As people that know me, I spent a lot of years running around with the Grateful Dead. <laughs> now, that class of drugs is actually the least understood compared to other drugs because they all fall under the Schedule One, which means they're illegal federally. And there's substances that because of this, have been very difficult to study and can only happen with permission of the DEA, or I guess you could actually run an illegal lab <laughs> for testing, which I'm sure has happened. <laughs> now I want to talk real quick about ecstasy, and I'm going to bring my guest in. And the prince, you know, the the principal ingredient of ecstasy should be MDMA, although this isn't actually always the case. And the history of MDMA goes back over a hundred years and it was first discovered as with a lot of different chemical compounds by the Germans who were synthesizing everything they could lay their hands on. <laughs> and it's, it has a long history off and on in the United States that did include government tests also. Now the main risk with ecstasy is that you never know what you're getting. You know, the average purity of an ecstasy tablet ignoring the usual filters is around 10%, which means you simply don't know what else you can get. And this is what we're actually seeing today with all drugs. And as I teach physiological effects of drugs and alcohol, I'm going to actually speculate on something, but I want to bring my guest in. And my guest today, I see is a very brave woman who is going to tell us a little bit about her experience with this substance at a young age. Uh, she was seen in the documentary Overtaken, produced again by my very good friend, Jody Barber. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. You can actually see it for free on YouTube. Just type in Overtaken by Jody Barber and you'll find it. Asia, thank you so much for joining me on this show today. And, you know, I use Overtaken. I was telling you, um, and I actually typically always do it with Jody as a learning tool for both clients and students at New Creation Treatment and New Creation College. And your story always had an impact. And I wanted to ask you, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what happened to you. Um, so I was 18. I just graduated high school. I went to a rave, Electric Daisy Carnival. And I took ecstasy. It was a two-day rave. And the last night, I overdosed. I had a grandma seizure. I was taken to the hospital. I was put in an induced coma for two months. Yep. Um, for two months? You said two months? Two wow. months. In that coma, I had four strokes. 
And once I finally awoken, I knew that something had happened. My brain was still there. Thank God. <laughs> uh, but my speech, terrible. My balance, still to this day, terrible. Um, I had to go through physical therapy, relearn to walk, talk, put on makeup, drink water, eat food, use my hands. It was like I was a baby all over again. And I was never a drug addict. It was just one night of having fun. Was that the first night you'd done anything? Yeah. I mean, I've drank before, but like drug wise, yes. You know, I want to, and I want to ask you, and I'm not sure exactly, you know, if what I want to, I'm going to actually say if it is a fact and not even sure if you're actually aware if this is actually the case. Um, but there was a substance that was called para, it was like paramethoxyamphetamine, which is not a PMA that actually started to be found in what should have been MDMA. And the ecstasy that many were using, this was actually the active ingredient, and it basically contaminated the ecstasy, and mostly because of the precursor to the synthesis of PMA is actually easier to acquire than a precursor to MDMA. And PMA is extremely toxic, and the effects of it I, and I and I was really thinking about this um, with you because, you know, basically it's like marked uh, rise in body temperature, so hyper hyperthermia, yeah. uh, dehydration, electrolyte imbalance, uh, high blood pressure. There's involuntary jaw clenching and teeth grinding, uh, muscle joint stiffness. Uh, people end up with like lack of appetite. Uh, restless legs, nausea, <laughs> kind of goes on, hot flashes or chills, headaches, sweating, faintness, uh, panic attacks, loss of consciousness, seizures, and kidney failure, and uh, swelling of the brain. And so I'm not sure if you're aware if that was in that, but it was something that I'd always thought about when I've seen your seen I'm, the video. I'm really not sure. My mom, she knows everything that was like in it. So she still to this day, I'm 31. I was 18. To this day, she still has a hard time talking about it. So I'm not sure. Yeah. And so you, and I know obviously you just recently had a seizure. Yeah. Um, how often do you have them? So it's really weird because I had my first seizure since my accident. In 2019, so it was 10 years after my accident, the same month. Really? Yeah. Do they know why you're having them? Is it? They don't know because my brain scans still come out the same as back in 2009. But 10 years after the same month. I had a random seizure. Oh. And then 
the year after art and seizure same time yeah you mentioned something in the um in the video that i always just keep thinking about it's like just your first time just one time you know and you ended up having this yeah one time i was going out with friends graduated high school was going to santa barbara city college and i was like why not and it basically ruined my whole life I'm still dealing with it. Are you are you working or I was working, but I'm gonna go back to school to be a nurse. You can turn this into, you know, like with with a lot of us, you know, that have obviously been through, you know, substance abuse. You know, I'm a six-time convicted felon. Um, you know, which a lot of us always think that these things are gonna hold us back in life. And I've found and the, the common saying that I tell everybody, no matter where you've been or what you've done, you can do anything you want if you're willing to fight for it. You know, and I truly believe that. Um, and I, I've seen that over and over with people, you know. Yeah. So after I went through all my therapies, my doctors said that I would never be able to go to school again. I'm very stubborn. So I flipped my finger off at that. I was like, watch me. So I got into every seventh school I applied for. And I ended up going to USC. Nice. Yeah. And how long was that after? So I started USC when I was 22. So it was like four years after yeah shit you did it <laughs> i did it seems like your uh your brain's all there it is. At, at least you know i mean we, I, we've all lost some brain cells you know <laughs> yeah of course it's mainly just my speech yeah. my balance but like my brain's there yeah yeah <laughs> Do you, do you walk with a walker or do you, I mean, are you just, is it, how bad is your, how oh, bad is I'm very, I mean, it's not terrible, but I'm very clumsy. So you can fall easy. Yeah. Run into walls, run yeah. into the door, but I make a joke about it and all my friends know. So they will look out for me though. Like, hey, if there's like a door, there's a curb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can take uh, you know i know you had mentioned the thing too do you go still go out and speak at, at schools and different places i don't anymore because i moved to colorado and i just i did that for so long that i just kind of wanted to get away from being that girl who overdosed if that makes sense yeah absolutely um you kind of got to lead your own life, you know, lead your own way in life. And yeah, I, like I said, I, I mean, I, I see a lot of bravery in you, you know, especially to come out and do a documentary and stuff, you know, yeah. all, all, all of you that were in that, you know, did you guys know each other? No. Um, Jody 
messaged me, like, maybe I was 20, so three years after my overdose, Jordan messaged me on Facebook, and we met at a coffee shop, and my mom came, of course, to, like, me share with them something weird. <laughs> and I didn't want to speak about what happened to me. But after I heard Jody's story, I knew I had to. Yeah. And when I was in the hospital, my mom said that she was holding my hand when I was in my coma. And she said, squeeze my hand if you want to do this. So she was like, if God saves you, will you help other kids? And I squeezed my hand in my coma. My mom told me that. So I knew I had to. <laughs> my life. Yeah. That is... Uh... Yeah, and again, wherever you go from now, you know, at this stage of the game, but, um, you know, it's just, it's really my, um, my big fight, you know, that, um, you know, educating people, uh, especially the young, I mean, the amount of people that we're seeing die from this, um, you know, even as early as 13, 14, 15, you yeah. know, overdoses and it's ugly, it's ugly out there. And now fentanyl is like huge. Yeah. 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 They have the, uh, you know, f you know, fentanyl is about a hundred times more powerful than morphine. And then they have different analogs in it. And one of them is carfentanil, which is actually 10,000 times more powerful than morphine. Um, and I literally always just say, if somebody's putting that in your dope, they want you dead. Yeah. Because nobody's going to survive that. No, people are dropping like flies. Yeah. I know the numbers, I mean, it was like 2020, that was like 95,000 died of overdose. It's the highest ever. It's a big thing. And of course, the COVID thing. How'd you do with that? Um, I haven't got it, so I guess I'm God's favorite. <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> I yours too. <laughs> yeah i i laugh about it because i always think like you know like for me i mean all the crap i put in my body you know with drugs and stuff like that it's like nah that shit ain't gonna take me down <laughs> who knows what i put in my body you know both of my parents have had it and i was in my house yeah i forgot it yeah my wife got it and my stepson both got it i didn't get it <laughs> how that works i don't know <laughs> there <laughs> yeah so are you married or no i'm single yeah i had relationships but i've been single for a year and five months just doing my thing okay yeah how, mu how much does your and i just want to add a question how much does your um like disabilities affect you with like personal life and like it, dating. Yeah. I mean, do people like, is it kind of like do people look at, Oh, whoa, what's up with her kind of thing. <laughs> um, I've only, 
at first it was super hard. Like when I first got back in the scene back then when I was 21. Mm-hmm. It was super hard, but now I'm just like, it's me. If you yeah. like me, like me. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. But most people ask me like where my accent is from. <laughs> You gotta make up something. Well, I'm Brazilian and my dad's from Brazil, so I'm like, oh, maybe it's like Brazilian. I don't know. Maybe it's a Cali girl, Valley girl thing. <laughs> I don't know. And I've actually had some people speak Portuguese to me, <laughs> laughed, and walked away. <laughs> And then I am on a dating profile right now. Mm. And one of the questions is, I'll fall for you if, and I said, I'm very clumsy, so I'll fall for you if you catch me or pick me back up. <laughs> so let them know, like, hey, I'm clumsy. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said, though. I love what you said. I am me. Love me or hate me. This is me. Yeah. It's awesome. If you like, like me, if you don't, you don't. Cause I'm pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. It's uh, that's what I, I try to get people to the concept too, of like not caring what people think. Yeah. I used to care, but I don't know. Turning 30. I just don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the way to live right there. <laughs> yeah. So when I date, I'll tell people if I want to, or I won't tell them at all. Until they meet you? Well, I like even if I've like gone a few dates with them, it's my choice. Whether or not I want to tell them what happened to me. Sure. Or- do you normally or no? Um, I do because I'm really bad at lying. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just say it's none of your business. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, they can Google me. True. That's true. Oh, so why not? Yeah. Actually, I met a guy. Out here, we went on two dates, and he has a brain injury, oh. and he went for a month because he fell down the stairs in college or whatever. And I first told him it was a car accident, mine, and then he started getting like too involved, like asking questions like what tire was it on i was like yeah. so i was like hey, i'm gonna be honest with you this is not accidental drug overdose people have judged me in the past so i did lie <laughs> <I've heard him laughs> since. was that the last date with him or <laughs> yeah that was their last date <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah yeah it's it's uh like I said, you're brave. You're very brave. And, and, uh, I like, I like your attitude of, 
I don't give a fuck what you think. And this is me. Love me or hate me. <laughs> so you're going to, co- you're getting ready to go back to college. You said, yeah. What are you, what are you going to major in? Do you know? Nursing. Oh, that's right. Nursing. How yes. long of schooling is that? Two years. Two years. How yeah. far, how far up in, on nursing, in nursing? Um, so I want to be a cosmetic nurse. Okay. So I want to do like Botox and all that. <laughs> I wanted to be a nurse in the hospital, but I care too much about people that if they died, I just couldn't deal with that. So I want to do something to make people happy. Let them. So girls come in to like the salon with acne problems like teenagers and just by doing facials or whatever you can change their entire outlook on life i just want people to feel confident and beautiful is that what did you want to do in school so when you're in high school was it has it changed for you or so in high school i actually wanted to be a plastic surgeon did you really (laughs) i did I've always been into, like, the medical side. I was, after everything that happened, I was going to school to be a nurse. But I got very scared of the classes. And also, people in my high school were already graduating college. So I changed my major to communications to speed it up. And I've always regretted that. So I'm going to go back. <laughs> Obviously, your situation is a little more extreme on, on some of the aspects and stuff. But, you know, when you look at your experience and what had actually happened to you, you know, we talk about this idea of learning to reframe our past where we create new meanings out of it. Um, have you been able to do something like that? Or do you just still sit in regret? No, I did because I used to go to schools with Jody and talk to like 1,500 kids about what happened to me. So I reframed that as in helping others. I did that for like maybe eight years with her. Okay. Um, And... The worst part, though, about that was when I would be out with friends, someone would recognize me and run up to me and say, like, how how much they saved their lives because they were about to do drugs that night. And it was only, like, it's a good thing, but it was, like, awkward for me because... I don't like being approached like that. Right. But I've done that. Yeah. I've helped others. I don't know. Yeah. No, and that's fantastic. And I think you definitely have, you know, obviously you helped a lot of people. Um, and then, I mean, like I said, in the documentary overtaken, I mean, it's out there and it gets spread around and a lot of people see it. <laughs> yeah. The two biggest people, or me and Cole. Yeah, are they? 
Yeah, Cole, who ran over his mom. Yeah, that's a crazy story. Yeah, we would squeak together all the time. Yeah. So what took you to Colorado? Um, I wanted to change. Okay. Grew up in California. I wanted something new. I was 30. I was like, why not? My dad moved here and he was like, hey, do you want to move in? I was like, sure. <laughs> okay, so you moved out there with your dad? <laughs> yeah, so I live with my dad and his girlfriend. Okay. That's cool. And you like it there? What's, how's the weather out there? Um, It was snowing yesterday. <laughs> you, you, you like I still haven't driven in the snow. <laughs> are you allowed to drive? Yeah. Even though you had seizures? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, I get seared by the doctors and the neuropsychologists. So they approve it, huh? Yeah, as long as I take my medication. My first seizure, I wasn't allowed to, but... It, I only get one year. Yeah. Yeah, I had a... Um, so back when I was... I had to have been 18 or 19 myself. I lived up in Chico. My brother went to uh, Chico State University, and I went to uh, the community college up there. And uh, drinking was just prominent up there. You know, it was classified at that yeah. time as the number two party school in the country. <laughs> and... Uh, so did a lot of drinking. And then at one point in time, I had um, done something very stupid and got in a fight and some guy knocked me out. I landed um, like here on my head. I literally just fell and landed right here and knocked me out. I had a contusion that stuck out about an inch and a half out of my head. And um, of course, I didn't go to the doctor or anything. And came to find out in years later, and this was in 94, I had a grand mal seizure that was a result of what's called an AVM, which is an arterial vesicular malformation. And so I had that consequence as a result of my drinking. <laughs> and uh, I had a, one in 94 and one in 98 when I was driving 70 miles an hour down the freeway, the five freeway. <laughs> and of course, I lost my license because of it. <laughs> so that's so why. Can you drive now? Yeah. Yeah, I actually had a surgery in 2000, and so the AVM's actually gone. Um, I was having nocturnal seizures for a while, um, and so they switched my medications, and now I haven't had one in years. So, Well, the one I just recently had was a stress seizure because I was at my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> they got really stressed out <laughs> and I didn't have one the year before so the doctors cleared me um I also wasn't taking my meds because I don't like taking medication <laughs> so now I am yeah that's probably the the drugs you do want to take yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah like i said i was i just thought about that you know with the um 
MDMA and and uh, everything that it's cut with, and that's why I was just keeping. Keep, I kept thinking that there had to be something additional added to what you what you had gotten. Yeah, um, there was. I don't know what though, but there was. Yeah. So it wasn't a good time. No, but I did get EDC banned from LA. You got what? EDC banned from LA. EDC. Uh, Electric Daisy Carnival, the rave I was at. Okay. It was at the Coliseum. Um, but now it's in Vegas. Okay. Three oh. days. Yeah. And that happened on the second day, you said? Yeah. Yeah. How many did you take? I only remember taking one. So I remember like driving there, parking with my three other friends. And um, a lot of senior members walking in and then waking up in a hospital two wow. months later. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite an experience. Probably scary, huh? It was. But when I remember like waking up, I was all smiles. <laughs> Were you? It was because my high school boyfriend and all my friends were there. And I was just all giggly. I was like <laughs> trying to talk. And I was like, oh, like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they put you in a chemically induced coma. Was your brain swelling or? I, well, my doctor was working on me for two hours when I came in. Like, trying to resuscitate me for two hours. Oh. Yeah, and he would check on me every single night, like, around, like, 11 p.m., because he was a very shy doctor. And he would, like, come and check on me just to make sure I was okay. And so every single year after on my anniversary, we would go to that same hospital and visit all the nurses who saved my life. And I never met the doctor because he was very shy. So I'd leave him a note every single year thanking him for saving my life. And then I graduated from USC, all the nurses came. You made you made quite an impact. <laughs> I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. I think you do. You know. Um, yeah, I definitely want to thank you for doing this. You know, of course. coming on here and sharing a little bit about your story. I always ask one question: um, If you were to give a message to people out there suffering, what would you tell them? The there is hope. There is. I've been in the same situation even now where I'm not suffering with wanting to do drugs. 
but I've had depression. I've been down. I almost lost my life. There's always something you can do to lift your spirits. Go to the gym. Take a walk. Um, write down your goals. Because drugs are not the answer. Because one day you might not wake up. And you, and you 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 tell that story, you know, in a sense. I mean, obviously, you woke up though. Luckily. I did. I was lucky. Yeah. Not a bar. Yeah. More, more often than not, they don't wake up. You know, yeah. Especially when they've gone down that path that you did. Um. So, hey, again, I want to thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Of course. So. Hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning into this episode of High Wall Clean. As I always like to say, keep getting high. Let's do it clean. My son will never have the chance to celebrate his 21st birthday. He'll never have the chance to have a, have a girlfriend. He never had a girlfriend. He'll never have the chance to get married, have kids, and just live life to its fullest like he should be. I'm here to save lives, and I hope that each and every one of you take this seriously and never try it. Never start, because once you start, you are hooked. Don't take pills. Pills kill. One pill can kill. Giving back does help me to not want to use drugs again, because I speak my testimony and I share it to young people all over California. And the responses I get back from these kids are so inspiring and they just make me feel good inside and it makes me realize that giving back to others is what I'm meant to do, so. There is a life outside of using drugs and drinking and they have so many opportunities and they don't need to mess it up by doing drugs. Imagine your life in 10 years. Where do you choose to be? Don't be overtaken. Take back your story. Show the world.